Welcome back to Way Too Wifey Podcast. I'm your host, Respectfully Gabby, and in this podcast, we talk all about dating and relationships in this modern day. So if you have not done so already, please hit that subscribe button, leave a rating if you're watching this on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. It really helps get the message out, and if this information is useful or valuable to you, it helps push that to other people who also might be interested. This week, we are going to be talking all about love languages, and I'm sure you've heard this multiple times before, but I wanted to touch upon what they don't tell you about love languages. You may already have an idea or an inkling of what yours might be, but I wanted to break it down even further on why it's important. I want to run through really quick what the five love languages are, potentially the six as well, and you can get an idea if you don't already know what your love language is what resonates with you the most so at the top we're starting at quality time this one is definitely my top priority i love just spending time with people and like a meaningful experience or some kind of time and without distractions i feel like that's so important too because there are so many times we'll be hanging out with someone but they're so like zoned out or on their phone or like just not paying attention not like present in the moment and I, presence is so important to me and like showing up on time and valuing my time like that means the world to me next one would be touch and this doesn't just mean like an intimacy moment it can literally just mean like a hand-holding situation um any kind of touch towards another person is touch. next off we have gifts um, I have so many friends that gifts are their love language and you better show up on those people's birthdays because they will take note. These people will take note when they don't get a gift. They feel very unloved when they don't receive gifts, but it's not always a materialistic thing. And I think that's where a lot of times it gets misconstrued. It could literally just be like a handwritten letter or like some kind of small gesture. It doesn't have to be a materialistic type possession. Um, next we have acts of service. This is probably my second most important. So you can be cooking for someone, um, just doing small things or even big things that will help make someone else's life easier. The fifth love language is words of affirmation. So this can be anywhere from telling your partner or loved one how much you love them, how good they look, how proud you are of them, how good they did at a certain thing. Anything that is encouraging towards the other person and true and authentic to how you feel, obviously, is words of affirmation. Gary Chapman is the person who came up with the five love languages. And he wrote this book forever ago. So if you're curious and want an in-depth understanding of the five love languages, check out that book. But what I've been seeing all over online recently is the sixth love language, which is space. Giving our partner a loved one space. I can see a lot of introverts loving that. I kind of understand it, but that at the same time, I'm like, is that really how you, sh I don't know. I'm kind of like on the fence about it. I definitely, if that's how someone wanted, cause like for me, it's quality time, which is the opposite of space. So like I don't know if that would be compatible so much. I don't need every second of your time, but I do want the time that we spend together to be meaningful. 
and experience things together. But giving you space, totally, I can give you space. It's just how much space does one need, you know? I don't know. I'm curious about what your guys' thoughts are on the sixth love language. I did want to add that in there. I probably won't be talking about it as much um, in this episode, but curious about what your thoughts are. And if this is your love language, I'd love to hear more about it from you. What they don't tell you about love languages is why it's important. I feel like everyone's like, oh yeah, this is my love language. Okay, cool. Bet. But the reason why we know people's love languages and we try to understand people's love languages is because we can better show love for this person by knowing their love language. The thing is, and I'm going to give you a little story time on why it's important, because my last relationship, I was dating someone and we were together for like two years and we spoke completely different love languages. And every time I would do something for him, given my second love language, I would say is acts of service. So every time I would do something for him, like cook for him and do the meal prepping and clean his home and do his laundry, all these things. And it never felt like he appreciated what I was doing for him. But this is how I was showing love because that's how I wanted to receive love. But he never did any kind of acts of service for me. He was just very like an independent kind of person. That was not his love language. When I was doing these things, expecting to minimally appreciate it, I realized that he just didn't care. So I'm like, why am I spinning my wheels if he just does not care? And then he would like buy me gifts and maybe I, it didn't come across that I was appreciative of these gifts. Uh, like I was excited and happy, like, oh my God, thanks. Like, this is really cool. I, I'm, I love that you're doing this, but I don't think it was the same kind of like excitement as he was spending like so much money on these gifts that it, it was like, I love gifts. Don't get me wrong, but it just is like at the bottom of my love languages it took me till after our relationship had ended months, years later, to realize that it was because we were speaking different love languages. Not that there was anything wrong with it at all. I think we both lacked that self-awareness of, hey, this is my, my love language. This are, these are my needs to feel loved by you. So if you can't provide me with my needs, then maybe this isn't the right fit. But I think the most loving thing that you can do for another person is to show love how they like to receive love. Until you have that self-awareness of, hey, this is my love language and this is what I need from a partner in order to feel loved by another person. Until you have that self-awareness, you are going to continue to show love the way that you would like to receive it. And that's not the way that everyone wants to receive it. I'm telling you, when I realized that not everyone wants to be shown love the same way and people have different needs and wants, I started moving completely different. The relationships in my life started transforming quite a bit because I was giving people what they needed and not just what I wanted to give them. The first step is understanding your own love languages. If you don't understand what your own needs are, there is no way a partner is able to show up for you in the way that you need. So you, unless you guys have the same love languages and you're just completely unaware of it, there's no way that someone else can show up the way that you need them to show up. 
ways that you can figure out what your love languages are. You can either take the test online. You can see how you are giving love. And that's typically what your, um, your love languages are. Also, another point that a lot of people don't really talk about with love languages is that it is stemmed so much from your childhood. How your parents showed love. Listen to this. How your parents showed love or lack of love. I'll give you an example. So my love language is mostly quality time. And the reason why I think that is, is because growing up, my parents were always working. So I feel like I never really got to spend a lot of quality time with them. I think that that's why now it's so important to me and how why I cherish it so much is because I didn't have it as much as a kid. On the flip side, I always noticed growing up that my mom showed love through acts of service. She would do anything and everything for her kids, for her, for my dad. And that's now ingrained in me. And the reasons why is because it was very prevalent and very lacking of my childhood. I think that all of the love languages are your love language. I just feel like that's lacking a little bit of self-awareness because... We all want to be feeling and receiving all of the forms of love, right? But knowing what ranks higher than others is so important in getting your needs met. I think a really good way to establish what is more important and what's maybe not as important is notice how you feel when you receive a form of love versus when you don't receive a form of love. If words of affirmation is your thing and maybe you don't really realize it, and your partner has not complimented you or hasn't told you any type of uplifting anything and that bothers you, that's probably ranking a lot higher than other love languages. And on the flip side of that, let's say that touch is really important to you, but you don't really realize it. And your partner is very affectionate with you and that makes you feel happy and um, loved then that's probably something that's going to rank a little bit higher than maybe some of the others. Once you've understood your own needs, I feel like the next step is understanding your partner's needs or your friend's needs or your family member, whoever you're working with, understanding their needs in order to reciprocate. Then vocalizing what your needs are. I feel like a lot of times what we say isn't always what we want. I feel like gifts get a lot of hate because it's like oh you're so materialistic why do you need that but there's so much more depth in the gifts category like a meaningful sentimental gift is what's going to make most people if that is their love language feel special even though you feel like oh my god i don't want to say like oh i want a gift for my birthday or i want a gift whenever if that's truly what you need you need to vocalize that bringing it back to what we say isn't always what we mean. I feel like a lot of times people will downplay their own needs. Like, no, it's fine. I don't need anything. Don't worry about it, whatever. But that's why knowing what other people's love languages are, say, um, for instance, let's bring back the gifts. If one of my gift love language friends says, don't worry about it. Like, I'm don't, you don't have to get me anything. I'm not going to listen to them because I know that it's important to them, right? Say what you need because you want to feel loved just as much as the next person. The last thing that I wanted to touch upon is understanding that your love languages 
can change over time? I realized that for me, it's definitely changed over time. I used to really, really need words of affirmation. And I don't think I was as secure with myself as I am now. And I think that that's why now it's not as important to me. I still like it and I still need it, but it doesn't have to be like an everyday thing for me. On the flip side of that, one that has increasingly gone up is touch. I used to not be affectionate. I used to hate like PDA, don't touch me, whatever, but I've definitely become a lot softer over the years and touch is really important to me now. I think that as we grow and as we change as people, our love languages, our needs are also probably going to change. So keeping that in mind and if something does change or if you need a little bit more from your partner or friends or whatever, being able to vocalize that and say exactly what you want. But that is it for this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed. I hope this brought you some kind of clarity and hopefully a better understanding of your own love languages. And if you have not done so already, please hit that subscribe, leave a rating, and I will see you guys next Tuesday. Thank you so much for listening.